0: Showtime. Call John Baxter titanium mogul. have been tailing him for a while. Get the cash and get gone.
1: That's almost painless. Why?
0: Just keep it as clean as possible. How are you tonight? Very well, thank you.
2: You're looking very stunning tonight.
0: Cheers. Cheers. was shot
1: That's right. I am a little bitch. I'm just not your little bitch.
2: Welcome, everyone, to the Rosie and Bill Show. As you can see, our guest tonight, she's ferocious. And she's appeared as an actress on Broadway, on television, and she's currently writing, producing, and starring in the internationally acclaimed digital web series, The Pepper Project.
0: And this, folks, is fantastic. Without further ado, welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, Karis Vucek. Oh, you two are too much. You're so (laughs) fantastic. Thank you. That's quite, I don't know if I've ever had an intro like that before or (laughs) ever will again. So thank you for making it memorable. Thank you for having me. What a joy. Oh my gosh, we're so excited. And and I do want to clarify that this isn't just a digital TV series. This is a female-centered, sexy, badass digital series. <laughs> and we love we love that logline, Carrie. I mean, what a perfect role for you. Could you have written anything more perfect for you? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I tried. I mean, I tried to do something that
1: um, that interested me. I love the thriller genre and um, I, you know, I love being a spy. So the, all those things are exciting and they came together. And if I had to write something, I've written other things of course, but as a, as a jump off series, this is the one that really, um, that I had in my imagination for a while.
0: As a kid though, did, did you kind of always see yourself? Cause you know, we fantasize as, wanting to be actors and whatnot. Did you always see yourself as kind of because you're like a female James Bond in this, or kind of a, not necessarily a superhero, but you you are a badass in this. Um, I don't know. Thank you. That's 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 a compliment. Um, I, I don't know if I saw
1: myself as that as a kid, but I always did. I mean, you know, growing up, we as actors, you, you're actors, you play, act, you you do things, you have fun, you act out different scenarios. Um, I I always was have been drawn for a long time to the to to the intrigue and to solving mysteries and things that, um, things that were fascinating in that way. And I like action. So, um, and I like, you know, being a strong, a strong female character, presenting that in this particular um, series, in this genre.
2: Okay, Karis, I have to ask, and and I'm a huge fan of anything to do with action. You know, I'm Dolph Lundgren's biggest fan, still wondering why he's (laughs) never won an Oscar, maybe someday. But for what you did in this particular project, I can't help but think there had to be some research, like there's some, some intellectual stuff going on here too, in addition to just being a badass, like, was there a lot of research involved to get to know kind of what you had to do? And, you know, just from a, uh, like I said, just from an intellectual spy standpoint. I think, uh, yes, to answer that, two things.
1: I, um... I think because as we were talking about before, I do have quite an imagination. So there are a lot of things that uh, I wrote and confirmed later to make sure that I was on the right track and not being completely outlandish and ridiculous or un- implausible. Um, but I also obviously did some research on some some basic things of what, what is possible, what isn't possible. Um, I think there's always an element, even in our popular uh, shows, there's things that you watch, you're thinking, Is that really happening or or could that have really happened? And I think sometimes it's no, it's really kind of out there, but there is a basis of truth to it somehow. So, yes, I did. I did some research. A lot of it's my imagination. And a lot of it was happily confirmed when I later, after writing a number of episodes uh, a couple of years later, had watched it checked in with a few other shows um, and thought, oh, you know what? I am on track. They did do that. They did use this. This is something that's possible in this spy world um so yes the answer is yes and also a lot of creativity
0: well that really is a testament to your skill and, and your ability to kind of be on track with these shows that you really didn't even see before you started writing your series so, congratulations. Luck, like I said. <laughs> so. that's that's really terrific and along those lines though what do you think is the most important tool or tools that actors and writers need to have in their arsenal? I think, I think of open
1: imagination and the ability to access that and really run with it uh, without, without judgment. And then of course, as you're writing and you're creating, or even setting up a shot, more logic and more, um, discernment come in. But, but keeping something really wide open in your imagination i think is really important. There's some things that i've created recently that are that are a little out there but you know you turn on netflix you turn on hbo you think you see how many of the things are just absolutely incredible ideas that who who thinks this stuff up well we do. I think it's important to keep to keep open to whatever is coming up and then you you kind of spit it down get it out see what works see what doesn't work and and go from there. So yeah. Keeping And also keeping excited about it. I mean, if you're not excited about an idea and about what you're imagining, what you're creating and thinking about, it kind of falls flat. And of course then your viewer, your audience, your reader isn't going to follow along either. But if you're jazzed about it, if you're excited about it and passionate about it too,
2: I think all of it comes together. It can really, really fly. Karis, I had a follow-up to that because you're talking about imagination and creativity and, and all that, which I think are great points, but one thing, and I, For me, I I write on a very small scale. I occasionally write a song. And what'll happen is I'll I'll come up with a verse or I'll come up with a chorus, and then I have that dreaded writer's block. And I can't help but imagine that you may go through something like that as well with with the writing that you're doing and just the, the mere size and scope of these projects. So does that happen? And if so, how do you deal with it? Or how do you overcome those barriers? Oh, wow.
1: I think everyone deals with writer's block. I think that people deal with it in a different way. Um, I know I have, I have people that I've worked with coaches that I've had that say, even consistently writing a little bit each day, even if you don't feel like you're making progress helps you to keep the wheels turning so that you don't get severely blocked. Um, But I also think when, when you are blocked, there might be some sort of um, judgment or trepidation about what your next thought might be so sometimes i lean into instead of saying um why i lean into the why not and then use that as a jumping off spot to keep it moving and then you know listen we all these blocks are creative blocks are not knowing how to set up a shot or not knowing where you're going with with even uh an outline all of that stuff happens. I think it's, I think it's a healthy thing that happens because you might need a pause in your work to figure it out or for the idea to come to you. Sometimes you can't push it. You can't force it. So sometimes it is good to write the draft, stick it in a drawer write part of it and walk away from it, work on something else for a while and then come back to it. That's what I, that's what I sometimes do.
0: I think that's such great advice because it is true that sometimes, uh, the inspiration isn't coming and you do need to take a break from it. But the other great part of what you said, Karis, was uh, the why not? Because lots of times we can start to draw chalk lines around our ideas and, and start to judge ourselves too much. And when we do that, it, it really stops the flow. And when, yeah. you, when you give yourself that permission, it's almost like it expands everything.
1: Yeah. There's a freedom that you can find in that. It's hard to get to. I mean, we as artists, we're, we're most of us are very sensitive. We're self-critical. We're subject to a lot of judgment. So it's. I think it's. It's natural to have all of that stuff in your head, and because it's there, it exists in our industry. It exists in society. It, it certainly exists now. I mean, here we are doing these these uh, things where everyone's going to watch this. We're all conscious about what we're saying and how we're acting and how I'm moving my hands. Even I'm, you know, thinking about. <laughs> But it's all you taking all of that to the best of your ability, and being still being able to focus and put down what you think is going to work as an idea, as a story, um, and checking in, like I said, with your level of excitement and level of passion about it too.
0: Well, Karis, I I just want to follow up with one other thing um, for that because you mentioned you know an outline and 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 setting up shots, and you really have to have such a good grip on all aspects of production. Were you at all overwhelmed? How much help did <laughs> you get with this? Yes,
1: yes it's not, I mean, I'm, I am I. am not a one man band, thankfully. I, uh, for both of, for the Pepper Project, which was a pilot also uh, uh, adapted to three episodes and then the new um, Pepper Ricochet, which is our next chapter and subsequently more, um, uh, I have a, a great team, so, there are things that I know I, I've written what I've written I have my vision for how I want it shot and very specific of what I'm what I'm looking for then of course I'm collaborating with people to execute it and really get get the vision. Into reality, to really lift it off the page. So, the fantastic uh, director, of photography, cinematographer James Parsons. I work with wonderful um, co-producers Joshua Friedman um, and Eric Yellen, who co-directed our the first the pilot with me. He's also um, helped produce. We all work together to have a um, to to create what uh, we thought was really a great, a, great, uh, a great series. And moving into the second one, same thing, I had a wonderful team, um, many more people to mention. Um, and uh, it's, it's a collaboration. And I think if you can keep open-minded to that, and at the same time, know that there are certain things that you want. That One of, one of the most interesting things about the process for me was knowing in both shoots um, or multiple shoots, I should say, but both, both shows, um, knowing I had to get certain shots and knowing that why I had to have them, because I knew if I was sitting in the editing bay and I didn't have that to complete this element of telling the story, I was going to be SOL. (laughs) So, you know, and sometimes you do have to go back up and do what's called a pickup shot because you just don't have what you need. And we did that this one last time with Ricochet, sat there with my editor and I thought, I didn't get it. We ran out of time. We were on a on contract with the with the vendor that we were with the venue we were with. And, and then all hell breaks loose. You leave without getting it. you got that pit in your stomach. And I thought it's not going to work. And you know what? It didn't work. So I had, to go, I had to go back in and get it again. So it's also important. I want to talk about instinct here. It's really important to trust your instinct. And everything that you're doing It doesn't mean that you're not going to fully collaborate with people and get, of course, get their ideas and you do everything as a team, which is what makes the magic is when you have everyone, everything coalesces in different energies and passions. But you have to trust your instinct, especially if you wrote it, you create it, you know what you want.
2: You got to get what you want. I'll tell you. Karis, that is so true. Trusting your instinct. That, so many great points. And, and that one really hit home with me, you know, trusting your instinct. And we've got so much more that we want to talk with you about. But before we do, it's time for 60 Seconds with Coach Lombardi.
3: Thanks, Rosie and Bill. Hey, do you like my hat? Do you like juicing at home or going to juice bars? Well, by now I'm sure you found out that it can be very expensive to buy a good quality juicer and then to buy all that produce you need just for one cup of juice. No doubt the nutrient value is way up there and the benefits are high, but there's good news and bad news. The good news is green juices are full of phytonutrients and these are amazing for your body and overall health. But the bad news is juice bars for the most part don't use organic produce. So you can count on ingesting glyphosate. Now, if you don't know what that is, you may recognize its other name, Roundup, which is an insecticide and weed killer. Now, this chemical is known to cause cancer. So here's a solution. Get a good organic greens powder from your local Whole Foods or health food store and just mix it in a protein shake or even water. This will save you time, money and ensure quality, safe ingredients. I'm Coach Lombardi for The Rosie and Bill Show. See you next time. Well, thanks
0: so much, Coach. We love your tips. We really appreciate it and hope that all of our viewers appreciate them too. And please send in your questions to rosieandbill 2018 at gmail.com and Coach will take care of it for you. So, Karis, back to the Pepper Project, because that was uh, a clip that we saw to open the show. Mm -hmm. And you are getting so much critical acclaim (laughs) for this series, and it's been in so many festivals. Did you ever see this kind of reception in your mind's eye when you started writing the series?
1: No, I, I really wasn't. I wasn't focused on a, a festival circuits as much as I was focused on creating a pilot to then uh, pitch to digital platforms and networks. You know, there's all these different um, ways of streaming content now, which when I first started working on it, I thought it would be more accessible as an indie creator because the, the not the assumption, but the thought was that, these platforms would be looking for for content from indie creators, and now that's kind of shifted a bit. Still kind of a star system, it's still very closed, it's still unfortunately very difficult to get yourself into that mainstream. Uh, The festivals are a great great way to network, to meet people, and to celebrate the content that you and your team have created. I've had a a really great time on the circuit, and it has served me so well as as a creator. As you said, we've won just a number of awards that I really am very proud of for myself and for my team and for the show. And um, you meet so many great people. Everyone who is doing this, really creating their own stuff, writing their own work, filming it. You hear stories about how they did it, where they shot it, how they managed to use do something on a shoestring budget. Um, and then you have the, the opportunity to meet other creators that suddenly want you in their productions. So that's happened to me a couple times too recently, which has been, as an actor, which has been great. You can do work with people around the world. So it's, it's been a terrific ride. And looking forward to more with Pepper Ricochet too, coming up in 2021.
2: Now, Karis, in addition to your own content, and like you said, all the, the accolades and well-deserved accolades for your project, I understand that you've also served on jury panels looking at and judging other people's content. So so what's that experience like? Well, it's so different. It's interesting. It's so
1: different. It's such a different ride. Now you're sitting on the other edge of end of the, uh, of the screen, so to speak in a different way, kind of watching and knowing, knowing a lot about what that creator and what that team went through to produce what they did. Um, I've loved it. I've been on, um, several panels throughout the past couple years, and uh, uh, recently, uh, not this past June, because the festival was a, not a live one, and we were in it for Ricochet, so I couldn't be on the jury, but in Germany, the d City Alley Festival, a year ago, 2019, I was on a five-member jury panel, and it was really incredible. We had to watch um, all of the content. We were on the, the series end of it, and then sit down, the five of us, and go through each category uh, of the um, categories that had been nominated and kind of haggle it out. And it was just a phenomenal experience of collaboration and dialogue and ideas and discussion about about the work, about the art. And that was just fantastic, I'll never forget it. It was really a great experience.
0: It sounds like it, it energizes you. And you've gotten to see some really beautiful places all around the world. I have beautiful places and, and meet beautiful people. Just meet really, really
1: fantastic, interesting people. Um, the, the travel aspect of this has been phenomenal for me as a creator um, and just as a, as a woman, as a, as a person to know you're in a, a, a group with people that are doing something that they love as well as, as much as you do.
0: Karis, what do you say we have a, a little sneak peek at Pepper or Ricochet? Sounds great. Do you remember Kiev? Well, you never told anyone about the passport, right?
1: Nobody.
2: We really fucked that up, didn't we? Who's having that conversation? You think he led you a step closer at least?
1: I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Let me know. No, I got it.
2: Stick with the plan, Pepper.
1: Do I have a choice?
3: I do it. I will tell you.
0: Wow. That is fantastic. <laughs> I mean it's Thank just you. it's just getting better and better. What's what's go up for Pepper Ricochet?
1: Uh, we are just starting our festival circuit journey with this and some pitches which I'm very excited about to continue it's the the next chapters in the continuing series of the Pepper project and Pepper her voice Friday Bald Sam all the characters that are involved intrigue suspense thrill sexy badass all that stuff. Um, and uh, with a heartwarming story, of course, at the center of her, of her experience, that is relatable. Um, we are, we've done a few of the digital festivals this summer um, to, you know, to keep things moving. I have, however, I'm going to be doing more live festivals next year when festivals actually go live in 2021 uh, because of the pandemic, there's a great deal of shifting around and um, we're, Kind of postponing some of our of the appearances until next until next year which is great but we do have we are participating in some this fall including montreal uh baltimore and um rio so we hope we hope to be in in rio we're already well, in the other two so.
0: we wish you all the best and we will definitely be checking back in with you and you'll come thank back you tell us in how touch on us we're going to yes. take off the producer and writer hat right now okay let's talk about karis the actress because you really have done it all, and uh, including Broadway in The Parisian Woman. What was that experience like?
1: Oh, you know, Rosie Bill, that was just, that was amazing to me. You, as an actor, theater-trained actor coming to New York, I had hoped to reach Broadway a lot, from a lot younger age, <laughs> a lot earlier in my career, and came close many, many times, uh, which was very rewarding, too. But there really was... This was an experience. I think for five months, consistently, I jumped out of bed. I just was so excited to have this job. Um, great play written by Bo Willimon, who created The House of Cards, and I understudied. Was just blessed to understudy two amazing actresses who very, very different: Uma Thurman and Blair Brown. So I had both. I uh, was covering both of those women, and um, a challenge, uh, a joy, what a just quite the experience, uh, in the whole production with the cast and with both of those women, they were both really great to me. Um, both very different. And, um, there was one scene between the two of them. So I had to know just the scene between the two was a 20 page scene. So essentially I had to know 40 pages and it was like, like having a split personality when you're rehearsing one and then the other and one. So it was great. It was, it was, it was, you know, by far one of the best experiences I had as an actor in New York.
0: I will say this that m- many people will maybe not quite understand how competitive things are. Oh, and you are Christ. so talented, and oh, well. you know, people will say, in all well meaning, you know, why don't you just do Broadway? And <laughs> you know, I don't, they don't really realize that. Uh, of course we'd love to do Broadway and it is very competitive. So that is a huge success for you, Kara. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks. And we hope for more once this,
1: once uh, once we start getting, getting all this under, you know, behind us, again.
2: I'd like to switch gears just a little bit because there's, there's something actually, there's quite a few things that the two of you have in common. For example, You're two of my three favorite actresses, okay? So I just want to get that out there right now. And you both appeared in episodes of Law & Order, Rosie as the troubled Donna Bucci, and you as Detective Campisi. So tell us about what that experience has been like. Well, I, I must say, Rosie... Amazing this year.
1: Amazing. And I watched the reruns so I could watch you again. So I was so thrilled to see you in this role. Just a fantastic job. And if anyone hasn't seen it, they should look it up on demand because she's amazing.
2: Um, And we're also both Italian, Bill. You got to say that too. So, you know, we're... I was actually gonna to try to ask that question in my best Scandinavian Italian accent, but I decided not to, but you know, you know what I'm One saying? Other things that Rosie and I had in common.
0: I uh, like that your character has an Italian name. I like they made her Italian. I know the Campisi, yeah. I don't, I don't know too much of it.
1: I knew that Warren Light, uh, the uh, executive producer showrunner wrote this role. I, I, am, I uh, have a little bit of history on it, uh, it the, but I, I know that, and I was just really grateful to be cast. And uh, to segue from criminal intent, where the role started, um, to SVU, where it has been continuing, which has been terrific. It's just an amazing experience all the time. As Rosie knows, they're just a super organization, and um, just they're just such a well-oiled machine. And they always treat you well. Um, I'm just—it's always amazing to be to be in that job nonstop. I'm always so grateful that those days too is just let's go to work. Um, for and as sure. Rosie was saying, boy, it's not easy to get work
0: <laughs> as an actor. So, well, you segued right into my next question, which is uh, survival jobs. We all have had them, uh, but you actually kind of, you know, are have worked it out that you can do something still in the field. I've done a couple
1: things actually, besides the the, the other the gig works that a lot of us actors do to survive and pay our rent in the city. I've been lucky to teach um, in colleges around uh, around New York City. I've taught in the Bronx at Hostos. I'm currently teaching at the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts, another semester again, uh, starting up. Um, And um, I do coach. I coach a number of different things, um, acting and uh, uh, writing and Help with people's projects and getting them going, like we were discussing earlier. Um, um, fundraising, all sorts of things. I' trying to continue to do, and it does um, it, it does help to um, keep the creativity moving along. Just great. Sarah, and i something looking
0: for you in the coaching area because years ago, when I auditioned for Rescue Me,
1: yes, I, I remember
0: you coached me before my audition, and I got the part. So. Yes. Wow! I remember that. God, I had forgotten about that, but yeah.
2: There's no better testimonial than that. (laughs) (laughs) We did good together. We did good. It's a, it's, it's a teamwork. It's a team effort. It definitely is. Now, Karis, I have one last question for you. Um, You once played Lady Macbeth, which is one of the most coveted roles or fictional roles for an actress. So my question for you is if you could play any non-fictional historical figure anyone, like a dream role, who might that be and why? I don't know. I,
1: I always, you know, the, there've been many plays written about Joan of Arc and I always thought that that would have been a really amazing uh, experience to really delve into that. And I've seen beautiful uh, performances of the, of that character. you stumped me, Bill. I don't know. I, I don't know who uh, historically, I'd have to go through my, Mind to think of women that I admire. It certainly would be a. a, a we woman. take
0: great pride in stumping the guests. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. You do. All right. Well, I gave
0: you one answer. I
1: gave you Joan of Arc. Yeah. We'll come great, back. Um, we,
0: can, we can ask you that question at another time and and, and get your answer. Yeah, Mother Teresa maybe. <laughs> oh, that that'll be interesting with 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 guns, Mother Teresa with guns. Yeah, right. So she's Paris. controversial. Seems to be interesting. Bill mentioned Lady Macbeth, and you recently did uh, a portrayal of her. Tell us about that. I did. Uh, you know, I will
1: say I was fortunate years ago to play um, uh, Lady M uh, for St. Louis Repertory Theater opposite Timothy Sticknews, a wonderful uh, actor, um, uh, directed by Paul Barnes. So I've done the, a real live theater version of that. And then recently, through, through the Web Festival Connection, which is something I brought up earlier, meet so many people, and when you really are you sync up and you have like minds and like hearts and you want to work on some things together. It's lucky when you get to do so and and make those opportunities for yourself. So uh, Sally McLean, who is just an incredible creator, producer um, from Australia, who I have sometimes represented at festivals if she can't attend, asked me to be a part of her project called Shakespeare Republic. She did an isolation project where we all self-recorded and filmed our own b-roll um, of Shakespeare oh God, monologues set back, come in come this kind of particular hand. time period of quarantine and I was very fortunate to be asked to play Lady Let's M for that do a monologue for that so it was it was really a great experience
0: so I watched it on your
1: page it was all it was done. fantastic oh you're kind thank you she was terrific she directed me she was really amazing to work with
0: well, I think that we should close out the show uh, first by saying thank you, Karis. Oh, for thank you. Your with us, and, and thanks as mine. You know, a lot of up-and-coming actors and writers and producers can learn a lot just from the example that you've set and the trail that you've blazed. And we're going to leave with a little clip from another project that you did.
1: Oh, the Utopia Finish?
0: Yes, the Utopia. Uh,
1: so, that is a seri- another creator that I've met on the circuit who is the head of the Minnesota Web Fest, George Reese. We met actually in Miami at the Miami WebFest. Fest. Um, George had asked me to be a part of his uh, sci fi uh, web series. Really, really interesting, unique concept, and super executed. Uh, you can check all these out. Uh, you can check that out on Sika TV and uh, Shakespeare Republic. You can find on my page and through Facebook and whatnot. Um, this is a character that he asked me to play. I was really happy to do it, and uh, gives you a little insight into all the different things you can do and and uh, experience as a creator. Been very lucky. I feel very blessed, especially to be interviewed by you two today. Thank you so much.
2: It's been our pleasure, and I must say that it has especially been my pleasure getting to hang out with two beautiful badasses like yourself. You know, <laughs> getting better than this. <laughs> I just was waiting to say that all episode long. I was uh-huh. Sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing this clip that's going to close out the show. But folks, Thank before you. that, as always, make a difference for someone every day. And make every day a great day. We'll see you next week.
0: We've detected at least 20 launches from Earth in the past soul.
1: And? 20 launches in a single soul is a lot of activity, especially at home in Perihelion. This isn't just another wave of refugees. We're catching encrypted chatter from known state launch sites. It's coordinated.
2: When will they arrive?
1: Our satellites have only picked up the launch vehicles. We don't know what they're using to get to Mars. So how do you know they're coming here? Where else would they be going? couldn't it? When do they
2: get here? They have shuttles waiting with fuel. As soon as...
0: 250 souls about eight months.